Hi, it's Kate Brownfield from ADHDKidsCanThrive.com. Thank you for listening. I would so appreciate it if you could rate this show or and leave a review so others can find this podcast in the future. Okay, let's dive in. My guest today is Mike Rothenstein. He is a wonderful human being who struggled as a young person with both learning and attention. Later on in life, he decided to write a book to share his story to help others, as well as help those who support kids with learning and attention. His book is called Dear Dyslexia. Thank you for all that you have done. You can find and purchase his book on amazon.com. Enjoy the show. Hi, Mike. It's nice to have you today. I'm looking forward to talking to you today about your new book called Dear Dyslexia and uh, why you wrote this book and what kind of wisdom you can share with parents who may be having raising children who are struggling with a similar thing. Absolutely. Well, thank you for having me. Um, and I'm kind of excited to talk about it, I think. Yeah, good. <laughs> I'm looking forward to this conversation. Okay, so let's start with just kind of what your definition is about what is dyslexia. Well, you know, it's funny that you would ask that because dyslexia has got this badge that is put on people. You see backwards, letters are backwards, upside down, all kinds of uh, terms and, and theories on dyslexia. But the reality is, I mean, I don't think I ever saw backwards letters in, that, in me like a thousand other first graders wrote their D's as B's. And so I don't think that is what that means. I, as I've gotten older, I've, I've learned it is, it is all about a processing in, in the way my brain processes things. And um, that's truly what dyslexia is. And there's different forms of dyslexia and um, people are affected differently, but the end of the day it, it is still just it's a processing uh the way my brain processes and then right. yeah for for giggles they threw in a little adhd into me as well so i got a little bit of everything in into my uh uh brain into your your, <laughs> your unique brain that makes you mike who you are that's absolutely great. Yeah. Okay. So as you've gone along here on your life journey, you decided to write a book about it. Yeah. Why'd you write the book? Well, okay. So I've been going through my life for the past, let's call it 30 some years. And um, in my life path, I've had some ups and downs and I've had some big successes and wins and I've had some almost successes and wins. And um, I've just in the past at certain during COVID uh, I'd lost my job for the first time. I I was unemployed without a job. And all of a sudden I found myself back to when I was in grade school thinking, Oh my God, I'm just an idiot. I'm stupid. I can't, you know, it's like that your whole word world comes down on you and you start thinking about, what, uh, you know, what could I've done differently in my life not to be in that situation? And and I obviously I look at it differently today than I did when it happened. But when it happened, that's what hit me. I had um, old, stupid, dumb 
I can't do this. I struggled a lot um, as I was trying to look for a job. All right, I got to do a resume and I've got to do cover letters and those, those aren't my strikes. So it, it really got me into a panic and it was at that point where I'm like, all right, I'm coming back to my childhood and my educational experience growing up. Um, and I was, I, I was really frustrated and but I, I would say if you're going to go down the dumps and get to the bottom of the bottom, that's kind of where I hit. And yeah. um, at the same time um, that all happened, my daughter who was diagnosed with ADHD um, was struggling. genetic. A lot yeah, of it's genetic. genetic. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I had thought that maybe she had dyslexia growing up for quite a few years. And, you know, the, the teachers at our school up in Northern California said, no, 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 no. But when we moved down here, and this is not a slam on our school district, but a teacher finally goes, has she ever been tested for ADHD? And we're like, ding, ding, ding. That's what I've yeah. been saying for the past four years. But oh. <laughs> How old was but she I, then? She was in fourth grade. When they tested it, when they said, yeah. oh, maybe we should test her. And uh, yeah, but so you were she, seeing signs earlier than that. I was seeing signs because I saw what I went through. Uh, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, I relived the the crying and the frustrations at the dinner table to, to do one page of homework, and I I saw some other signs too that um that are things that I had uh, experienced, like the you know maybe not as organized as. Is yep. one maybe um, just certain things that uh, that I experienced. So she got diagnosed with that, and she started. You know, we got her on the right plan, and, and now I mean, she's graduated from high school, and she's starting college two weeks. Oh and wow! So we're super excited about that. Uh, but it it was that time when I was like watching her struggle. I'm struggling with my thing, and just really made me start thinking about what the hell did I get myself into? What was, you know, who was I? I, I felt sorry for myself. Yeah. Um, you should, yeah. You should have people, empathy for yourself. I think that's yeah, and right. Sometimes it's, you know, we're, we're going so fast that you, know, you just go, go, go. But I, when you have downtime, it's like all of these thoughts start going through your head and I don't know who made me think about it, but I had gotten into this moment where someone in an interview asked me what my strengths are. And I'm like, I can tell you that because I'm a salesperson. I like to sell. I like to talk. I'm super sociable. I'm super creative. I develop products. Um, I like to sell my products that I develop. So I started going through all these, what am I really good at? And it, it, I, and I knew it, you know, it's like we don't slow down enough to really understand who we really are. I'm a salesperson. That's it. No, I'm more of a salesperson. I, I have all of these tools. Um, and it, it's what makes me unique. And gosh, I was, uh, I can't even tell you when, but I was talking to someone uh, during an interview and the guy asked me, he goes, are you dyslexic? And I'm like, I've always hid that because it's a negative, right? 
if if you're going to be wanting to apply for a job and interview for a job, the last thing you want to tell them is, I see words backwards, even though that's not what it is. But right. you know, uh, you don't want you know, hide that. And I'm like, yeah. He goes, that's what I thought. And he started telling me all about everything on my resume and everything that I've done and why he chose me is because of my dyslexia. Um, my brain has been built and molded into who I am today. And he started explaining to me uh, why that was the case and how a lot of people who are dyslexic um, have a super creative side to them. Um, and it just, I started to listen. All of a sudden I'm like, you know what? I'm pretty damn proud to be dyslexic. Yeah. How did and he pick up on that? Just based I on looking at your resume, was he, is he dyslexic? He, he had a child that was dyslexic okay. and he saw some similar traits um, that I had. And it was, uh, it was, kind, it was kind of cool. You know, it's yeah, like, it's very cool. Your whole life that you've gone through as hiding this, you know, it's, is that I I age myself not that old, but the scarlet letter thing is, you know, I I grew up dreading going to school because I knew at ten thirty I had to go to dumb dumb math class, right? right. And then at eleven forty five you go to dumb dumb reading class, and that's what they called it. That's what the kids called it. So I've just I I tried to bury that as much as I could, right. and uh, so that's when it just all clicked on my and. I decided to start just kind of going back in my, uh, in my life and, you know, understanding who I am. And, and I did research on, you know, different things over the years, how dyslexia has been um, diagnosed, what are symptoms, you know, when I was a kid, the symptoms were letters backwards, but I never did that. Yeah, you read backwards. I know, although I do have an expert um, in dyslexia who did say some kids do read backwards, like in the yeah, yeah. it does help them. Yeah, I no, no, absolutely. Yeah, but a lot of it, people don't, it doesn't transpire in that way. Yeah, but that was all they said back, you know. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm going to be It's like, oh, you tomorrow, read backwards. So. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, no, I don't read backwards. It just, my brain just works differently. But that's how I learned and that's how I treated myself, you know? And um, yeah, so I, I, I just started exploring my background and, you know, growing up, I remember, gosh, I remember starting kindergarten. So back then in the early seventies, kindergarten was playtime. You know, you take naps at school, you get a little juice cups and um, you build with stuff with blocks. You go out and play. Yeah. Um, but we didn't, you know, now they read and do math and kindergarten. Yeah. kindergarten then, yeah. yeah. So I, uh, when I got, I to agree first, with you, Mike, I think it's harder now for kids. If you are dyslexic or struggle with attention or learning, it gets called out way earlier, which I earlier, think affects yeah. these kids self-esteem and how they feel about themselves. And it makes the educational road harder. Yeah, it, it truly does. And, um, you know, my road started in first grade, day one. I can remember it. And, you know, I'm not going to go into too much detail because, uh, but I, I'll tell you about my my very first day. Um, I was excited. I, I remember taking the bus. My my big sister's in, in the uh, bus with me. We go down to the bus stop. 
I'm stoked. And I remember getting the first first day of school and I'm just proud to be sitting at a desk, not on my mat. And, you know, all the stuff goes on and then the books come out and something happened. I remember like right away. And, and this is vivid. And, you know, a lot of people don't have that vivid first grade memory, but this is super vivid. And um, I remember going through the process of trying to learn to read and write and it, I struggled and I was the, the, teacher made a comment about me because three things and I'm, they told my parents about this at our first uh, what they conference, call parent teacher conference. conference. Yeah. At the first one, and they said, well, we're concerned about him because um, he comes to school with the shoes on the wrong feet. Okay. That's um, cute. <laughs> I've, uh, I've lost my lunch ticket multiple times. Wow. Yeah. Because my desk is so messy. Sometimes my desk didn't shut. Okay. And um he he just is not progressing like the rest of the the peers. And I, I went through a psychologist and boy, I'll tell you what, um, I'm not like this, but in the back of my head I think, boy, if I could just get a a in a courtroom against my psychologist back in nineteen seventy one ish, um, I would have a field day. But um that's not what this is about, but I do I do hold a little bit of animosity there because back then they told my parents that um, that I'm slow and this is this is a non politically correct way to say it, but this is how they diagnosed me. They diagnosed me as being mildly retarded. Oh, and you're kidding! So first grade is I that what they going, thought in the seventies? Yeah. Okay, so, we've come a long way, people. We have we come have, on. even even though we're still working on it, advocating and trying to help kids, we've come a long way in the diagnoses department. No, absolutely. Well, I didn't even get diagnosed as far as I'm concerned, because I didn't yeah. go to a doctor. But I did get put in the room with kids that were that had severe mental yeah. handicaps, you know, the non-commuting uh communicating kids and and me and i was just a happy-go-lucky kid and yeah. smiled a lot that i just struggled in school in first grade oof, that was that was awful um going into second grade they were bringing me back into mainstream as they call it and give it another try because i didn't fit that that mold um in, special this, ed yeah in, because you was, ha- you're a smart guy, right? Yeah. Well, it wasn't about your go IQ. Through that. Yeah. yeah. So it's hard to tell what a kid's IQ is at first grade. Um, but, but I did have a second grade teacher, and, and this is a little ironic, but she was brand new to teaching. And she um, asked my parents right away, have I ever been tested for de- dyslexia? And she's the one that kind of got me into that road. And and I still am in contact with her. Um, oh, I love that. Yeah. So uh, um, her her younger brother was a fraternity brother of mine. So uh, like she, she was she was definitely on the younger, younger side of teachers. But she's always been the reason why I am today. And I've, I've thanked her a lot of times. I thank her in the book, too. Um, yeah. And it's just one of those things where she made me turn right instead of left. 
Um, I can't imagine what my life would have been like if I would have not had that opportunity and I would have stayed down. I, I can't even imagine that. So it's, it's pretty emotional for me to think about it. Yeah. Um, even, you know, 40 some years, like 50 some years later. Yeah. Um, that's incredible. Just like you're a little angel. Right? Absolutely. Setting your course, your life on the right course. So that's, that's kind of the start of, you know, who I am and, you know, the, the biggest thing that I learned in today's world is over the years, I, I've struggled in school my whole life. And over the years, I adapted and I learned how to adapt in different areas and in different ways. And that is when I started reading up about it. That's where the creativity comes from. Yeah. Um whether um, I became more creative because of it or because I'm so creative, I was able to creatively get get through. Um, and so I didn't know that. I didn't embrace anything like that. As a kid, I embraced through my whole life, even in college, that in, in, in I in keep in mind that as I say this, I don't believe this, but this is the terminology that I used in my head growing up. I'm a dumb dumb. I'm stupid. Uh, you know, I it's just that was what who I was identified as. You know, if we take it in today's world, I identify as a dumb dumb. And yeah. And did you and, internalize that? You did internalize. I did, yeah. Yeah. I you know, I made excuses in my head why I couldn't read very well. I made excuses why in my head um you know, I, they told me why I don't test well, right? So I, I don't test well because I don't read well. I don't read well because I, and that was your, that was my life. You know, I remember going yeah. to take my driver's permit test, right? And they made such a big deal about me being dyslexia, dyslexic. I don't even know if I actually took the test. <laughs> you know? Who made the, who made the big deal? The DMV or your parents? yeah the the DMV I just you know I said I'm dyslexic can I do it and I didn't I'm sure my parents had asked if I could take it uh, verbally yeah okay and uh, and they did and you know uh, I'll, I'll listen uh, I'm not a cheater uh, but that's to not say cheating that, Mike uh, to say that I didn't <laughs> figure out a, a path for myself as at a young age is. Uh, I'm not, it will be lying because as a kid, you know, well, we'll do it verbally, take the test verbally. Well, I wasn't stupid. I, th I thought I was, but, you know, the teachers would say, you know, what's five plus five? And I would say eight. Now, don't rush it. You have extra time, right? So I learned right away when I got a wrong answer, they're telling me don't rush it, slow down, think about it for a minute. So then I'd have two, three different guesses until I got it right. So I was getting good grades, but yeah, I, I, was, I wasn't really learning. Um, but that's how I did the test for the permit. Um, and I passed. And it's funny, and this is my ADHD because I'm going to bounce around a little bit, but uh, when I moved to California and I had to take my, uh, my motorcycle test and – I'm like, so I went through the written part and I'm like, so I, I went through it and I said, and I failed by one. I missed it. Oh, by I said, one. Is, 
Yeah. I said, is there a way that I can take it verbally because I'm dyslexic? She goes, oh, you are? There you go. I passed. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, and, and I'm saying all this lightheartedly, but at the end of the day, um, if if you have dyslexia or, or kids, your kids have dyslexia, or, uh, the, the the amount of pain and pressure that's on that's on our our ability to perform is outrageously awful, and I'm sure it's a lot better today. But it's still those poor kids. Like I said, watch my poor kid. We would sit at the at the dining room table for hours. I did the same yeah. thing. Hours yeah. crying, yeah. crying. It's like eating a piece of steak, and you don't like steak. And they, your parents make you sit there until it's done. Yeah. That was what homework was like. And it wasn't because we didn't want to do it. Because I, I actually liked learning. It was when I hit that roadblock, it was, it really messed me up. Yeah. Okay. So Mike, this is pretty amazing because you're very honest about how hard it was for you. But as an adult, you seem to be put it all together and you're, you have a family you seem Not very that, right? happy, wrote a book, <laughs> you've had a good career, you're very insightful. Like, how did it all, I think as parents, when you're raising a child who struggles with like the learning and attention, it just feels, can feel very hopeless. And that um, it's just so negative that how will their child ever grow into be an adult that can thrive? Like, how does that happen? You know, Good question. But I think, uh, I, I think for me, it was my path always just kind of kept going in these different directions. You know, I, I knew what I wanted to do. I don't know how I got into it, but um, I, I do actually, but I, I consumer products was always my path and I just stayed on the path. And like electronics. No, just consumer products in general. Um, okay. It didn't matter if it was, I spent a lot of time in the consumer electronics and software industry, but um, just anything like right now, uh, I love my job. You know what I do for a living is, is I sell stuffed animals. I oh mean, so cute. <laughs> <laughs> that it, it's a perfect way to, to round everything up, but I just love to be able to put, uh, uh, you know, be creative, make products, create something for the, the stores to sell, put it on their shelf, make some new creative marketing material. So anything involved in that is really what I've been uh, really extremely excited about. And throughout my career, I've had ups and downs because that part I was really good at. When the CEO or the CFO wants a report on, you know, what what my P and L looks like for my yes. accounts and my forecast? I'm like, oh crap, um, yeah. and and then you sit there until five minutes before the board meeting trying to figure out how am I going to create this? I'm just going to put numbers, and I did, and you know I got yelled at for a lot of this stuff. And again, I never told people about my challenges because it's just not you know for me that back then it wasn't something that you kind of wears a badge of honor but at the same time i also didn't want to be using it as an excuse and i think i did that as a kid i use it as an excuse because that was my way of adapting and getting through things and yeah. um but i struggled through my whole career so don't get me wrong where, where i like 
Yeah, I had a, a little bell go off, but my bell went off a long time ago when, when it was about creativity and um, in in using my mouth and, and humor. I'm not funny by any means, but I think I am. Um, and that's how I that's how I dealt with people making fun of me, going to a dumb dumb school or dumb dumb class and um in and I think a lot of people um they go one or two different directions. A lot of people do use a, a humor in their uh way of a defense mechanism to yeah. you know, I'm just gonna be funny, but um yeah, I do you have any other supports that you use throughout your adult life to help support you? Yeah, you know, I, I'm always looking, right? So I know my challenges. So my writing sucks. I'll be, you know, I, I wrote this book and I, you know, I didn't use AI and I didn't use anything external except my wife edited the uh, grammar part of it. But most for the most part, that that's, I wrote it. That's who I am. Yeah. Um, but in, in the real world, I do struggle writing emails, writing letters, writing sales letters. Um, you know, I've used all kinds of tools. Grammarly is like my best friend. Yeah. And that that solves a lot of problems there. Um, I use, boy, I forgot what it was called. There used to be this pen that you would use and you would write your notes on special paper and then it would record the audio part and oh yeah, the, it's called the LiveScribe. Yeah, LiveScribe. So yeah. I used LiveScribe for years. And, oh, you did? Okay. Oh, absolutely. And so I could see, I wrote, you know, pajamas with, or something in the lines of pajamas, but I didn't know what it meant. What did I write that for? And to be able to click on it and hear what I wrote, why I wrote it, I'm like, oh yeah, they wanted to buy slippers, right? But that's how bad my note-taking is. Today, I use a, uh, a site called otter.ai. Oh, my God. During COVID. What does that you know, do? Otter AI is, uh, it transcribes your meetings on Zoom and Teams. So I I would use it. I would set, uh, sign up and every Zoom or Teams meeting that was on my calendar, I w- it would automatically log into the Teams meeting or Zoom meeting and transcribe my meetings and I have a transcript of all the things that we talked oh, about. That's incredible. So yeah, notes so, from the meeting. Yeah. So um that one was a really good one. I had some issues with that with a couple of my customers that didn't appreciate getting um recorded without me telling them and that's my bad. So um I I learned a little bit of uh yeah, how to how to utilize that, but there are all kinds of different things that I've used to overcome, you know, my challenges. And again, that's where the creative side of me is. Okay, I can't do a email. If I'm I'm a salesperson. I'm trying to write an intro letter. To but now somebody. you can use Chat GPT. Yeah, I've so used some of, of that. that. Yeah, it, it, the one thing is, I when I send something. I hate when I get that uh, generic. Oh, right. Uh, yeah. You try email. to be very like, personalized. I, I, yeah. I want it to be me. So what I do is I, I, I just like I wrote the book, I, <laughs> and this is where I, my challenge is, I write an outline of what I want to say in my letter. 
how and I break it down into little sections until I come up with the perfect written part of that email. I run it through Grammarly and then I give it to my wife, who is a school teacher by trade, and she turns she it into a nice. A lot of- yeah. yeah. Okay, and great. So you sound like me. you have a loving wife too, like a very supportive uh, family. Abs- absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah. So that kind of regressed a little bit, but going back to that aha moment, I didn't have one. I didn't have one until this year. This you year know, or 2020 when, I, when COVID started? No, that's when I started really getting it, but it, that whole wait a minute. And that's when I really started to embrace it. And, um, you know, my whole, my whole interview pitch changed in that process. Cause I, I don't say I'm dyslexic, but I, I, I embrace what my strengths are. Yeah. I love and, that. And, um, that was kind of my aha moment in, you know, unfortunately I had to wait till I was 57, but I'd better late than never. Exactly. <laughs> I agree. And now you have that wisdom to share with others, right? I do. And and that's the main thing in it. And I I'm dyslexic and ADHD and it, it fits that meth that that uh that label, because it's really what it is. But it, the reality of it is it, in my world is a lot of people struggle at a lot of different things, and especially at young age, whether it be your height, your whatever it is, you know. Yeah. Um, that to just to understand that there is an opportunity to grow from everything, and you probably will have this huge the the negative stuff that you experience is probably going to create a a huge platform for you as an adult. You just might not know it right right away. You're right, and um, that's so what I said. It, it took me all these years to really understand everything that dyslexia did for me as opposed to what it didn't do for me or the negative. And that's what my books is really about. And, you know, my daughter and all her friends just graduated from high school and um, I'm a softball coach as well. So I've coached my daughter throughout the years and I'm a high school softball coach and all the girls that graduated, I gave them a copy of my book because they also are going to go through some difficult changes and difficult things especially first year of college a lot of these girls are playing softballs in college oh fun and so i gave them a, a a copy of the book to really understand what their first part of their life what their challenges meant and uh, the adversity that they went through and how do you piggyback on that now instead of waiting until you're 57 like i did <laughs> well you seem like you've been doing okay mike through life but it is i i am grateful yeah Yeah, i'm grateful for sure yeah and it sounds like it's been um lots of words of wisdom to share with us all that's that's all that's really what i'm trying to do i like to sell a couple of the books too but um just uh it, it i think a lot of people you don't have to be dyslexic to get something out of the book i that's my opinion that's what i've heard a lot of um, from a lot of people. I, I've also been told by a lot of people that even though teachers are well-trained today, but uh, teachers get a lot out of my book. And um, 
to really just okay you read you read the stuff you you read on in college and you hear the stories from other educators and you deal with the kids but you know just kind of see what i had gone through it's not so different from what they're going through today you're um, right you're right it's just you know it's a little I mean, more hopefully accepting that yes i think you're right i think the journey is very similar Although kids yeah. are not being diagnosed as mildly retarded, that we're getting better at the diagnosis piece. Yeah, well, we hope. Great. We hope. We hope, right? Well, hopefully. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. twenty years from now, we we could have said we, they might find out there was no such thing as dyslexia. Who knows? Um, but I do know that, um, or it'll evolve into something else, and maybe yeah. we'll have better understanding and. Just be more that's, supportive of children as they're trying to get through school. That's what we hope. And, and you know, I, uh, and this is, I would never slam a teacher because I think whatever they're doing, good or bad, is invaluable to every kid out there. There's not enough people that care about educating our kids. That's why there's such a, a, a challenge to get people to be teachers. And, and I feel like they're underpaid. And I feel like that um, the more I, I hope there's more teachers like Mrs. Burtis, who was my second grade teacher, was that, you know, she wasn't doing this because she felt like she was smart enough to diagnose me. She wasn't doing it to make her feel good. She was just trying to help a kid. Yeah. A lot of a lot of teachers aren't like that. And uh, maybe if they just really got that inside feeling of everything that these kids go through and yeah, I, <laughs> in, in today's world. So I graduated from high school 40 years before my daughter. And uh, um, I'll, I'll just say that there was a lot of challenges <laughs> um, within the schools and a lot of it was, not the school's fault you know a lot covid covid was a dirty nasty trick yeah, yeah um and they but before and after covid there was still a lot of there was still a lot of pushing yeah. as opposed to guiding yes it's always it's this race to nowhere yeah <laughs> always okay so, mike thank you for this i appreciate no, thank your story. you i appreciate it